No one in Cum Coed can remember what year the swim began, but they know they wouldn't welcome the new year in any other way. They don't remember which year it was that David Lewis went in wearing nothing but a Santa hat, or when the rugby lads bombed off the jetty and drenched poor Mrs. Williams. But everyone will remember today's swim. There's been snow on the peak since before Christmas, and even with the protection from the mountains, the temperature in the town hasn't climbed above seven degrees. The lake itself is even colder. Four degrees. People gasp, at once gleeful and incredulous. We must be mad! As if rebelling against the clear skies, wisps of mist curl above the surface of the water, their reflection giving the disorientating impression that the sky's been tipped upside down. Above the mist, the air is vivid blue, an echo of last night's moon suspended above the forest. From the very top of Penadraig Mountain, Llyn Drich seems more river than lake. It's long and serpent-shaped, each bend a flick of the dragon's tail it's said to represent. Drich means mirror, and when the wind drops and the water lies still, the surface shimmers like silver. The reflection of the mountain stretches into the centre of the lake, so solid you feel you could step onto it, no hint of the black and fathomless depths beneath. Along the path that winds its way up the south side of the mountain, from the dragon's back to its head, ramblers stoop to pick up Ebble from the path. They straighten, feel the weight of it in their hands, then look around sheepishly, before hurling the stone towards the water. Legend has it that Tlin Drich's dragon rises up if its tail is hit. Few ramblers can resist the myth. Around the edge of the lake, pine trees stand sentry, their shoulders so close that if one were felled, you could imagine them all toppling one after another. The trees steal the view from the village of Kumkoid, but they take the worst of the weather too, which feels like a fair exchange to the people who live there. On the far side of the water, less than a mile from where the crowd is now gathering, a line of buildings squats in the foothills. The trees directly in front of them have been ripped from the ground, the wood used to clad the lodges and make the vast carved sign that stands at the end of the long private drive, each letter as tall as a man. The shore. There are five of them so far. Two-storey, rectangular boxes with timber-clad roofs and decks thrusting forward, extending out above the lake on stilts rising from the mist. Metal ladders glint in the winter sun, the pontoons bereft of the boats that tug at their ropes in summer. Luxury lakeside lodges, the glossy brochure calls them. Caravanai fancy, Fionn's mam says. Fancy caravans, airs and graces. A bloody eyesore, most of the villagers agree. And at that price? For a place you can't even live in all year round? Owners are not permitted to make the shore their primary residence, says the website. As if North Wales needs any more weekenders. Soon there'll be another row behind this first, 
another behind that, a spa, a gym, shops, an outdoor swimming pool. God knows why they can't swim in the lake. Perched in the boot of her car, Kerry Jones pulls off her tracksuit bottoms, goose-fleshed thighs white against the dirty bumper. Because it's bloody freezing, that's why. The laughter comes fast and high, fueled by last night's New Year's Eve party, by too much wine and too little sleep, by cold which forces its way through toweling robes and lodges itself into bones. Good night, though. There are murmurs of agreement. What a tig. Fair play. That lot at the shore know how to throw a party. More importantly, they know to invite the locals. Curiosity wins over grudges every time. Splinters of ice cluster in the shallow puddles on the lake shore, cracked by toes freed from fur-lined boots. <laughs>